Hi, I'm your host, Lillian Yang. And I'm your host, Fakri Shafai. And you are listening to Food Nonfiction, the incredible true stories behind food. Hey, food buffs, let's play a little game. I'm going to give Fakri a word, and Fakri, you're going to type out anything you think of when you think about this word. Listeners, you can do the same. The word is ketchup. Cool. Okay. <laughs> is that all? Let me... Let me. <laughs> Interesting list. So, Fakri, do you want to read out your list? Okay, I suppose. Red, eggs, grilled cheese, tomato, sandwich, trouble, addiction. So tomato is on your list. And by the way, we didn't plan this. Tomato was just naturally on Fakri's list. By playing this game, I was trying to make a point. Everyone associates ketchup with tomatoes because tomato ketchup is the only kind we ever see. But there are actually lots of other kinds of ketchup. In this incredible true story, we are going to tell you the history of ketchup, which involves fish ketchup, mushroom ketchup, walnut ketchup, and finally, tomato ketchup. We are calling this episode Ketchup Before Tomatoes, because there was a time before ketchup contained any tomatoes at all. Hundreds of years, in fact. Ketchup's original form was actually a fish sauce made from fermented entrails of fish. We're talking fish stomach, fish intestines, and fish bladders, combined with salt and sealed in a jar to be left out in the sun. This sauce came from Southeast Asia. We are able to trace ketchup back to Southeast Asia by looking at the earliest ketchup recipes in Europe. These early recipes resemble the fish sauce recipes which were common in Southeast Asia. For example, one English recipe from 1736 involved boiling down two quarts of strong stale beer and half a pound of anchovies, and then letting the concoction ferment. During the 1600s and 1700s, Chinese sea traders brought ketchup from Vietnam or Cambodia to China. Many of these Chinese sea traders would have spoken in the southern Min dialect. In this dialect, fish sauce was called something very similar to the word ketchup, which is how we have the word ketchup today. And so the word ketchup really means fish sauce. So now we know where ketchup is from and where the name came from. But how did ketchup end up in North American kitchens? Well, first the British got a hold of some ketchup. It's possible that the British first tried ketchup in Indonesia. Evidence for this comes from an old English recipe for ketchup from 1732. According to the title of the recipe, it was from Sumatra. This is a possibility because the British did indeed have a trading post in Sumatra in the 1690s. Another way the British might have first encountered ketchup was simply through the Chinese traders in the Southeast Asian region. In fact, there is a document from 1711 in which a British merchant notes the best ketchup comes from Vietnam or China. In conclusion, the British first encountered ketchup in Southeast Asia and probably in the 1600s. After developing a taste for the fish sauce, they tried to recreate it back in Britain. 
To get that same salty, umami, flavor-packed taste, they made ketchups out of oysters, mussels, and anchovies. They also diverted from seafood ketchups by using walnuts, mushrooms, and even some fruits like plums, lemons, and peaches. The three main versions of ketchup that emerged in Europe in the mid-1700s were one, mushroom ketchup, two, fish ketchup, and three, walnut ketchup. Jane Austen was apparently fond of mushroom ketchup and walnut ketchup. We're not sure which was her favorite, since NPR reported she loved walnut ketchup, and National Geographic's The Plate reported that she favored mushroom ketchup. What we do know is the walnut ketchup recipe Jane Austen's family used. We'll post it on our Food Nonfiction Facebook page, so be sure to like the page if you're there checking out the recipe. Anyhow, of all these British ketchup recipes, you'll notice that none of them used tomatoes. Back in the 1700s, when Europeans were first making ketchups, many Europeans thought tomatoes were poisonous. Tomatoes are from a family of flowering plants called nightshades, and actually looked a lot like another member of the family known as deadly nightshade, which is very toxic. Furthermore, according to a Smithsonian.com article, there were aristocrats who had gotten sick and died from eating tomatoes. The cause of this was actually the pewter plates that the wealthy Europeans were using. The acidity from the tomatoes caused lead to leach from the plates and resulted in lead poisoning. But it's interesting that while tomatoes were largely considered poisonous, they were also being used in some medicinal treatments. And the British were well aware that people in other countries, such as Spain and Italy, were eating tomatoes. People were even aware that other Britons were eating tomatoes right there in England, often in soup. You have to remember that knowledge did not travel as fast back then, and that there were a greater range of accepted facts. So it was in this environment that tomatoes had both a good and a bad reputation. This was true in both Britain and its North American colonies, thirteen of which became the United States of America. Now let's move our story from Britain to the British North American colonies. In 1710, we get the first known reference of tomatoes in the British North American colonies. These colonies shared Britain's distrust of tomatoes, but like in Britain, the myths about poisonous tomatoes slowly died out. The first known tomato ketchup recipe is from 1812. It was written by James Meese, who was both a scientist and a horticulturalist. This tomato ketchup recipe included tomato pulp as well as spices and brandy. Unlike modern-day ketchup, it did not include vinegar or sugar. So we've reached a point in our story where we now have tomato ketchup. We're going to continue this story next week with possibly the most well-known type of ketchup: the incredible true story of Heinz. So, Fakri, do you want to explain your list at the top of the episode? Okay, so the reason I added the words "trouble" and "addiction" to my list of words associated with ketchup is because I had a real ketchup addiction as a child. It was problematic.、Um, I loved ketchup. I had to have it on everything, not just my eggs or grilled cheese sandwich or macaroni and cheese. Like 
I had it on almost everything. What was the weirdest thing you put it on? So that's where the word trouble comes in. There was one time when I was really hungry. I think I was probably in like grade two. And I decided to make myself a little snack. And Aww. I pulled down some bread and decided that all I really wanted in my sandwich was ketchup. So I had a ketchup sandwich. Aww, that's adorable. <laughs> no. Was my... it delicious? Well, at the time I thought so, but then my sister came around the corner and started making fun of me and I realized it was probably not a normal, normal uh, snack, so I never did that again. But I will make you a ketchup sandwich. No, I, I'm over that addiction now. I, I'm Are good. you? Yeah, I, I have it on some things now, but I think part of it is I can't eat fried food, so I don't like have it with french fries or anything anymore, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's a strange addiction to have for sure. Yeah, well, you know, it's sugar. Did you ever just drink it? No, never straight. But when I went to New Zealand, and we can talk about this with the Heinz episode, I was super upset when I bought Heinz ketchup and it didn't taste like American ketchup. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, we'll totally talk about that yeah. next episode. I was, I was a grumpy girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would be too because, it, like, there are certain things that you the taste needs to be exactly the yeah. same, and that's true of like any franchise and any like big brand. Yeah, yeah. So, Fakri, have you ever had fish sauce before? Oh yeah, whenever, whenever I'm eating at uh, various Asian f- food places, if fish sauce is there, I add it to my soup or whatever dish I'm eating. Okay, because I was wondering how many people that aren't Asian actually have tried fish sauce. Oh no. I- I only know it because I eat a lot of Asian food. <laughs> so listeners, if you have tried fish sauce, write into us. And if you haven't and have no idea what that is, you should write into us too at feedback at foodnonfiction.com. Thank you, Fakri. I have to say I'm really curious about walnut ketchup and mushroom ketchup. I'd be willing to try the mushroom ketchup. Walnut ketchup would just be a recipe for disaster with me. I break out in canker sores whenever I have walnuts. I wonder if we can find any, like at the local grocery stores. Well, we have Jane Austen's recipe, right? We should just make <laughs> a, a super old recipe. We've seen old recipes before, and they are Different. not easy to follow. Yeah. They involve things like, and leave it for several days, yeah. which does not exist in today's recipes. Definitely mm-hmm. not. So we have a shout out to some of our listeners who wrote us reviews this past week. To Celeru, thank you so much for saying that you love this show and that you wish there was 1,000 times more of it. That was incredibly sweet. Shout out to Miss Sugary423. We love you right back. And shout out to our latest reviewer, Anna Livia 625 Thank you so much for listening and engaging. Please keep the reviews coming. If you'd like to know other ways you can help support this podcast, please visit our website at foodnonfiction.com and go to the Help Us page. Have a great week, food buffs. Bye. Bye.